Hello, and thank you for downloading our second episode in the new KPMG podcast series for tax leaders. Today, we're going to hear from Tim Gillis, Global Head of Tax Technology and Innovation at KPMG International, to talk about the digitisation of tax and what that really means. Hi, Tim, and thanks for joining us on the phone. We wanted to talk to you today about the digitisation of tax. It's a huge topic that can cover just about anything in tax. So let me start at the very beginning by asking, what does digitization mean to you? I think that's a really important and good question because it's used so often today and often without, oftentimes it's used without clarification. Uh, the way I think about it is that there are at least three ways of thinking about digitization and they're all different. And so when someone mentions it, you may want to clarify with them, what exactly do you mean? So the first way I think digitization is important is the way that tax uh, administrations are are digitizing their future, the way they are changing their administration function um, and equipping it with uh, technology and data and analytics that drive the collection of tax and the way they administer uh, their entire tax function. That's an important area. It's, it's a way. It's an area where they're investing quite a bit of money right now, and it will. That in fact will in fact change what digitization looks like for everyone else as well. But the second way I think we can think about digitization is the way that tax functions themselves within companies uh, are digitizing their function, and this is different. Um, this is one where I think the great way to think about it is not as digitization, really, but to think of it as automation. You can call it digitization, and it is, but automation is a better way to think about it. And I think in that case, it's everything from using uh, technologies that make the, administ- make the function operate more efficiently, more seamlessly, more accurately, and it's also using things like robots. And RPA has been a watchword of the last year and a half. Uh, it is very real. Um, it is the front runner to the forerunner to intelligent automation more broadly, um, but clearly RPA is in vogue today. And the way I, I like somebody, sometimes some people ask me, they say, well, "What do you mean by robotic process automation?" And the, the way I think you can look at it is, remember how we used to, to do macros in Excel? Well, RPA is really the ability to do macros across multiple types of technologies. So in fact, you're writing you're writing a formula that then that then can work across technologies to uh, make efficient more to make more tasks more efficient and and frankly to cut out some of the work that is just repetitive uh, type of work. Okay, so we've thought about digitization in the tax administration area and at the taxpayer or at the tax function level, for example. But what's the third way we can think about digitization? I think the third way is um, the way that tax policy is changing everything um, and, and, frankly, driving us towards a digital, uh, a digital way of looking at tax. And let me give you an example of that. It's, it's only been 30 years... Um, since corporate headline rates, that is the maximum rates imposed by countries, it's only been about 30 years since that maximum rate was uh, over 40%. Uh, and, and in less than 30 years, that rate has declined by approximately half. So today we wake up in a world where the average corporate income tax rate around the world is 22% or so. 
And the, the reason that's important is you have to think about, well, what's it being replaced with? Um, and it's being replaced with uh, a couple of things. Uh, one is a broadened income tax base, which makes that income tax base look a little more like a consumption tax. And if you get to consumption taxes, then you're really at transaction-level taxes, and what, that's what VAT and GST are. That's what trade and customs uh, uh, duties are. Uh, they're at the transaction level. And once you get to the transaction level, that is where the, the world of tax really does become a data game. That's a digital game at that point. And understanding and knowing and having accuracy around data management uh, that becomes absolutely essential because tax policy has moved you in that direction. And, of course, these developments are all happening over a long period of time. This happens so slowly. It reminds me of a couple of couple of stories. You've, you've probably all heard these before, but it's interesting. Uh, they said, some, it's been said that, uh, how, do you, how did you find out you had termites? And the answer is, um, well, slowly at first, and then all of a sudden when the attic fell in. Or, or if you think about... Uh, someone who you can ask someone, how did you go bankrupt? And they'll say, well, slowly at first, and then all of a sudden. That's, that's sort of the way it happens, right? It was a slow burn. It happened over since, you know, from 1985 forward, very slowly, it seems. And then all of a sudden you wake up and the whole world has changed. And that's what we've woken up into today. So let me just recap that. There are at least three ways of thinking about digitization. Those three ways are tax administrations are digitizing themselves by investment in technology. Tax functions are digitizing themselves by embracing new technologies to get things more accurate and by embracing RPA to be more efficient uh, and ultimately to embrace intelligent automation as well. And then the third way is that tax policy is driving us into uh, a mandatory uh, digital world by focusing on transaction level uh, taxation, whether it's in the income tax or or in uh, other types of taxes like indirect tax. So clearly technology has a major role to play in all of this change. So who do you think is further ahead? Tax administrations or businesses? Are we entering some kind of tax technology arms race? Yeah, it's a good question too. You know, I, I think it's a, I, I wouldn't call it a race actually. I would just look at it in terms of who has um, sort of more incentive uh, to invest earlier and because tax administrations deal with so much data. I mean, their data, their data needs, their data requirements, the data they receive is so voluminous that as technology uh, costs have declined and as big data, uh, the term that was now three or four years old and has largely fallen out of use, but as big data became the big focus, um, Tax administrations have spent, have invested quite a bit of money in in that area, and I, you know that that's not going away. Um, it, it, so I think that it's it's easy to look at it in one way and say that there are at least some countries that have sprinted ahead of everyone else. I wouldn't say it's the world, but I'd say there's clearly some countries that have sprinted ahead. And I think tax functions themselves, companies themselves. Uh, struggle a little bit with this question, and I think I think it really boils down to: Does it make sense for companies to invest at a company level in the types of technology and process automation that will be necessary for this new world, or does it make more sense for them to think about: Well, maybe we should rent or 
or buy or borrow or buy some of those services. Let's let's use them as managed services. And I think each company is going through sort of an analysis right now of of many companies are at least going through an analysis right now where they're thinking through um you know, does it make sense to build, buy, or ally in this area? And as they look at the future, what's going to be the easiest way to, to keep up? And in some cases, I think that will be outsourcing. In some cases, I think that may be uh, keeping things in-house and finding ways to be as efficient as possible in their investments. Tim, you mentioned earlier that you thought digitization was starting to shape policy. Do you have an example you can share, perhaps? Yeah. In fact, it was interesting um, when I was out in Australia this week, uh, last week, I picked up the front page of, uh, I think it was the Sydney Morning Herald, and in the Sydney paper, it, it, it referenced one of these examples, and I, it was so perfect that I brought it right into a meeting that I was conducting it uh, while we were out in Australia. Um, and the example was this, um, and, the, and the area we haven't talked about, honestly, is the digital economy itself, that is, the way that goods and services are now procured uh, via Internet, sometimes delivered through tangible means, sometimes delivered through intangible means, um, by remote sellers who may or may not be located within the taxing jurisdiction. And that digital economy taxation is an interesting area. And so when I was out in Sydney, uh, the front page of the paper ran a story on how uh, both the EU and the Australian government separately wanted to begin taxing the advertising revenues of digital economy companies, um, uh, those companies that, uh, you know, we use to get online and to search for things, right, uh, as, as just two examples. And in the article that, that was in the Sydney paper, it, it, it even made reference to the fact of, well, if we, if we do in fact tax, you know, the digital economy this way, which would be a new form of taxation on the basis of a gross revenue, uh, gross advertising revenues number, and not on a net income basis, then what would it permit uh, us to do? And the answer is it would permit us to justify corporate income tax rate reductions. So if you think about that, that's a clear, that's one of those clear examples of, um, of this whole digital revolution um, in evolution, even as we speak, um, and I think that's the type of thought process that that uh, policymakers around the globe are thinking through right now. So, Tim, to sum up, what do you think all this means to tax leaders around the globe? Yeah, so if I put myself into the shoes of uh, head of tax, for example, I think I, I begin to look at my function differently. Um, I begin to think about how do I become uh, a business advisor uh, to my business. How do I sweep all taxes underneath the umbrella of the tax function? Because they're all coming, they, in some sense, they're all coming together, and they're all coming together in sort of a data and a digital uh, funnel, through a digital or data funnel. And as they do that, I think it's important to think about um, how best to add value to the organization through data analytics, through um, through supply chain um organization uh, and management, um, and through new ways and fresh ways of participating directly with the operating units as, uh, as they fulfill the mission of the, of the enterprise. Thank you, Tim. We will, of course, cover more on digitization and tax technology in future episodes. Join us next time for a look at ways that business models are changing in today's environment. 
Let us know what you think about this episode and share your ideas for future episodes by emailing tax at kpmg.com. And remember, you can find our latest publications, articles and other materials that address the issues discussed in this ongoing podcast series at kpmg.com forward slash tax reimagined. Thanks for listening.